Welcome to Day 50, Season 3 of Shaped by the Word, the Story of the Prophets. Paul Kemp here with uh, Matt Kresge, Katie Kresge, and David Keefe as we continue our journey through the book of Isaiah. Isaiah covers a period, or his prophecy covers a period from middle of 800 B.C. to the middle of, you know, 400 or 500 B.C., so it's kind of an extensive prophecy. He takes us all the way through the impending doom of Israel being judged by the nations to uh, the return of the nations from the exile. So this week we're going to capture a little bit of all of that. We're going to be introduced to several war- world powers, Assyria we start with, which was the big threat uh, to the northern kingdom and also a threat to the southern kingdom. And, and you remember from last week, Ahaz is challenged for looking to physical allies uh, to face the force of Assyria rather than trusting in the Lord. And um, Isaiah asked him to ask for a sign from heaven above or heaven below, and of course the sign is a child, and that's been a major theme that brings us you know, to this point. Uh, before that were the Syrians, and we'll see them in this, uh, this week as well, and then the Babylonians, and then the Persians. So it's going to be a week of foreign empires moving in and out, and God ultimately judging every one of them, but also using them to execute his judgment, uh, mm-hmm. using the powers of the nation to bring judgment on Israel, uh, as was promised in the book of Deuteronomy. So before we dig in and before we uh, deal with the common rhythm in the prophets, the rhythm of pronouncements of God's judgment and also pronouncements of God's hope. Uh, let's offer ourselves, offer this week, and uh, offer uh, this moment to the Lord. Katie, you mind lifting us up? Not at all. Father, thank you. Um, thank you so much specifically for this book that we have. Um, the book of Isaiah is just so powerful and so full of... Um, reminders of of you and who you are and your purposes and your plan um, and your character. And so I just ask that you today you would meet us where we are, that you would um, reveal your heart towards us um, and God that we would see glimpses, beautiful glimpses um, of Jesus in in these passages that even are are about hard things um, and and your judgment, but reminders that your judgment is good and right. So help us to trust you. Help us um, to be open to what you have to show us today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We begin in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 5. Woe to the Assyrian, the rod of my anger, in whose hand is the club of my wrath. I send him against a godless nation. I dispatch him against the people who anger me to seize loot and snatch plunder and to trample them down like mud in the streets. But this is not what he intends. This is not what he has in mind. His purpose is to destroy, to put an end to many nations. Are not my commanders all kings, he says? Has not Calno feared, uh, feared like Carchemish? Is not Hamath like Arphad and Samaria like Damascus? As my hand sees the kingdoms of their of idols, kingdoms whose images excelled those of Jerusalem and Samaria, shall not deal with Jerusalem and her images, as I dealt with Samaria and her idols. When the Lord had finished all his work against Mount Zion and Jerusalem, he will say, I will punish the king of Assyria for the willful pride of his heart and the haughty look in his eyes. For he says, By the strength of my hand I have done this, and by my wisdom, because I have understanding. I removed the boundaries of nations, I plundered their treasures. Like a mighty one, I've subdued their kings. As one reaches into a nest, so my hand reached for the wealth of the nations. 
people gather abandoned eggs. So I gathered all the countries. Not one flapped a wing or opened its mouth to chirp. Does the axe raise itself above the person who swings it or the saw bust against the one who uses it? As if a rod were to wield the person who lifts it up or a club brandish the one who is not wood. Therefore, the Lord Almighty will send a wasting disease upon his sturdy warriors. Under his pomp, a fire will be kindled like a blazing fire. The light of Israel will become a fire, their holy one a flame. In a single day, it will burn and consume his thorns and his briars, the splendor of his forest and the fertile fields it will completely destroy. As when a sick person wastes away, and the remaining trees of his forest will be so few that a child could write them down. And that day the remnant of Israel, the survivors of Jacob, will no longer rely on him who struck them down, but will rely truly on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return, a remnant of Jacob will return to the mighty God. Though your people are like the sand by the sea, Israel, only a remnant will return. Destruction has been decreed, overwhelming, and righteousness. Uh, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, will carry out the destruction decreed upon the whole land. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the Lord Almighty, says. My people who live in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrians who beat you with a rod and lift up a club against you as Egypt did. Very soon my anger against you will end, and my wrath will be directed to their destruction. Lord Almighty will lash them with a whip as when he struck down Midian at the rock of Oreb, and he will raise a staff over the waters as he did in Egypt. In that day their burdens will be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. They enter Aeth, they pass through Migron, they store supplies at Michmash, they go over the pass and say, We will camp overnight at Geba. Ramah trembles, Gibeah of Saul flees, cry out, daughter of Gilem, listen, Lasha, poor Anathoth, Metamah is in flight, the people of Gabion take cover. This day they will halt at Nob, they will shake their fist at the daughter of Zion, at the hill of Jerusalem. See, the Lord Almighty will lop off the bows with great power, the lofty trees will be felled, the tall ones will be brought low, he will cut down the forest thickets with an axe, Lebanon will fall before the mighty one. We have a lot of geography going on in here and a lot of images, you know, that uh, a little bit unfamiliar to us. Uh, but you have a picture of the great Assyrian army marching through and having, you know, the complete will with all the cities that are north of, you know, Jerusalem. And finally, they come to that hill of Nob, which is mentioned there, which is, a city, you know, the kind of the hill to the north that overlooks Jerusalem. And uh, they look at Jerusalem just as they would in any other city. It's not more impressive than some of the ones that they've already taken. It's not more powerful than some of the ones they've already taken. Uh, but we learn from the book of Chronicles and the book of Kings that the Lord himself took vengeance against their armies, and they came all the way up to Jerusalem and, and were defeated in, in a big way uh, without Jerusalem even having to respond. And, of course, this is a kind of confidence that the Lord had called Ahaz to have, confidence not in surrounding nations, but confidence in the Lord. And, of course, that's part of the prophecy. One day you'll, you'll learn to trust me instead of trusting, you know, the surrounding nations. You know what, just reading this, one of the things that, that comes to mind is it's so easy to read God's judgment on Assyria and think, well, that's a long time ago. God's pronouncing a judgment on a nation and, and to miss, so kind of miss what is lying behind it or even what he pronounces to the king. And then that warning that is also for us, you know, he says, I will punish the king of Assyria for willful, willful pride of his heart and the haughty look in his eyes. And he keeps going. He says, does the axe raise itself above the person who swings it? 
you know, and just how much in my own life am I willing to read these passages and think, man, the Lord's punishing the pride of these other nations or these kings or these people. His judgment lands there. And, and how many times that we read in scripture and the prophets of just how much God hates a proud heart and haughty eyes and yet think that he overlooks my my pride and my haughty eyes. And I continue to boast that I am the one that, you know, I am the ax that raises itself over the person who uses it. But God's saying, no, this is a, he's an instrument in my hand and, and I do whatever I will. And, and of course, these are some of the themes that Mary is drawing on in her song, you know, the first part of Luke, mm-hmm. that uh, you cast down rulers from the throne mm-hmm. and send the rich away hungry. Uh, but you fill the poor with good things and, and you're going to have that, you know, kind of feel the remnant and you know, the poor, you know, that are part of, you know, part of this as well. Mm-hmm. And, and of course you hear, you know, from Peter, you know, God opposes the proud, but gives you know, grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due time. Mm-hmm. And, and so God has used Assyria as an instrument of judgment over mm-hmm. both uh, the northern kingdom uh, and parts of, you know, and parts of the southern kingdom as well. And, and Syria is thinking, look what I've done. Look how my hands have just gone to any little city I wanted to and just kind of brushed away like a bird on the nest and picked the eggs for myself. And uh, nobody's even chirped in, in a lot of that. And uh, of course, you know, God is saying behind that, you realize that everything you've done and everything you've accomplished is by my sovereign plan and my sovereign will. And, and pride, you know, right, Matt, is, is, is kind of the heart of all human sin. It's when we uh, when we place confidence in ourselves and our abilities rather, you know, than God, or when we supplant God, or we seek our own autonomy over God, so it's it's a root, you know, of of sin from beginning to end. Self confidence rather than confidence yeah. in God. And you see that that hopeful side in the passage is where the people finally get away from their pride, the remnant, and and what we're told is no, this is a people who will truly rely on the Lord, you know, and. Obviously, that's where all of us need to be and, and should live in that reliance on the Lord. But yeah, even myself and us, we are those prideful people who, for what most of the stuff that comes up across our path today or tomorrow, like, well, we can handle it. We've got it. Don't worry about it. You know, we're pretty accomplished or, you know, but it's in that pride that we forget, no, just how self or how reliant we should be, not on self, but but on the Lord. And so there is that hope that the people will return to a reliance on the Lord, but it's going to be that remnant, even though they were like the sand of the sea, yep. it's going to be a much smaller. Number. And, and unfortunately, most of the time, you know, what it takes for us to uh, truly, you know, come to a place where we rely on the Lord is to come to end of ourselves mm-hmm. and to have our resources, uh, you know, knocked out from under us. And of course, that's been the slow path of judgment. When we read these, you know, judgment oracles, they seem, you know, so sudden and so severe, you realize that, you know, God has contended with this nation for hundreds of years now, you know, and calling them to himself and being very patient with him. Uh, you know, so much so that even Peter could say, you know, the Lord is, you know, the Lord is uh, you know, not slow in keeping his promises, some of you think, but he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all, mm-hmm. you know, come to repentance and a knowledge of truth. And he certainly exercised this over, over multiple kings, over multiple generations with Israel, over multiple warnings, over you know, multiple smaller acts of judgment. And finally, it's, it's coming to ultimate acts of judgment. Hmm. Man, I, I mean, like so many other passages in, in the prophets and in Isaiah, I'm just reminded of um, just the power of the Lord and His ability to, to accomplish things 
for us, I think to grow, um, to grow a forest or to grow a garden or whatever, it takes time, but for God to even consume, um, an entire nation, um, it, it can be so quickly. And we see that in this passage. Um, and I just loved the image of towards the end of the chapter that says, see the Lord almighty will lop off the boughs with great power. The lofty trees will be felled. The tall ones will be brought low. He will cut down the forest thickets with an ax. I mean that God is the most powerful and he is the powerful one. And so man, what a reminder of his power and that he will 100% accomplish the purposes that he wants to accomplish. And so would, would I be one who submits myself to his power, um, knowing that he is a, a good and powerful one, um, and, and submit myself as, you know, if, if he chooses to use me as an instrument, maybe not an ax, maybe, maybe an ax, who knows, <laughs> maybe, maybe something nice like a clarinet or something. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> The Lord has won get so it, many battles with clarinet. Get it, an instrument? Just, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know, that's bad. Um, but if he chooses to use me as an instrument, and hopefully he has, like, would I be submissive to to his purposes and trusting that he is going to accomplish good things? Um, and so I, I, that's my prayer, is that he would humble me and um, and remind me of his, his good power. And, of course, a great prayer as well is that we – we could be humble without having uh, to face uh, face discipline or judgment yeah. as well, that we could naturally acknowledge who he is rather than coming to the end of ourselves or falling flat on our face or experiencing, you know, uh, discouragement, you know, of, of some sign that then we turn to him rather than recognizing, you know, who he is. And in that image, you know, Katie, there's, there's kind of a nice irony uh, whenever the Assyrians would move through a land, they would deplete it of natural resources mm-hmm. so that the people would be dependent on them and they would cut down forest, mm-hmm. you know, along the way. And said, so in the way that you have cut down forest, I'm going to cut you down. Mm-hmm. And uh, also a little kid would be able to I count the that. number of standing trees mm-hmm. left for you uh, after this is over. Uh, because you did not recognize, you know, as at one point, you know, Nebuchadnezzar will recognize that the sovereign Lord had given the nations into his hand. But it was a very brief moment. It's not very likely, you know, from the king of Assyria, not very likely from the king of Israel, and uh, not even very likely from us. Uh, and it's a great call for us to stand back and realize the sovereign power, grace, beauty, majesty of our Lord. And to... Uh, Point all glory back to him rather than holding on you know, to it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. David, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. And Father, we do simply ask that, that we would uh, be a people who, as you graciously give us eyes to see, that we would see you for who you truly are. Mm-hmm. And then that would do a deep work in our hearts. And that would, would call us and, and, and move us uh, to be your people. Um, Father, may we be your people um, through the power of the Spirit that you've given us um, for your glory. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.